Dear friends, welcome back to Divas, Diamonds, and Dollars podcast, helping you live your best life, offering whole life insights and a unique perspective from two sisters speaking to the collective sisterhood of women everywhere. All you evolved men out there, you're welcome. Hey, we bring you the key success principles for personal finance, leadership, and business to help empower you with the tools and strategies to help you get ahead and succeed at a higher level. I am your host, Larissa Troach, together with my co-host, Cecilia Benford. We invite you to lean in for possibly the best conversation you have had all week. So time being what it is, you know, these little last minute um, thoughts that pop into your head, it occurs to me that the media has taken a great interest in your career, wouldn't you say? I had all these names and light labels, and it's like it's enough to make your head spin. So I'm just going to ask you, where were you 24 months ago? Were you a leader, a new manager, or, or a careerist? How did you think about the lockdown and remote work? <clears throat> did you even start a new business? A lot of people had a lot of luck in the pandemic. Um, and conversely, what do you think today? Has that changed? Have you noticed the work from home mentality pulled out of the station a little slowly? And then it started gathering steam over the past two years, which brings us to today. (laughs) Some folks became the great resignation, if you will. Some were the face of the so-called quiet quitters. How about those labels? And now we have the resignation regret. So with all that as a backdrop, and, and really, like she said, the media, it's like, okay, who makes this stuff up, right? You know, so you may have read about or even considered, um, you know, one of those phases, but now you do have a new challenge. And I think, again, because the media sort of makes you sit up and think about it, or, you know, maybe your work hasn't mentioned some things, but you know, they may be doing things in the background. I'm kind of getting from some people that I've talked to that they are. So, you know, just to kind of get this rolling here, consider showdown with Apple's leaders and, you know, what the employees are thinking about. So the Wharton Business School actually is doing a lot of analysis on this and, you know, sharing what they have come up after talking to various companies. So um, from the Apple study, uh, an employee survey says 70% of employees are willing to work for a new job if not happy with flexibility. They're going to look for a new job? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. And I I, I thought that was interesting. And sometimes I kind of wonder about some of these surveys because, but then again, I mean, I I remember uh, in my last employer the whole thing was we were, we actually, and we're talking about a military base installation, but we were a test case and we designed our workplace to be a Google-like setting, mm. which is pretty revolutionary. I mean, not, you know, not at all what you would expect. And so that's what we set up. And, and so we were sort of ahead of the remote working. We had already started the, um, you don't have a desk, you just kind of come in <laughs> plop, you know, reserve a seat for maybe the week, uh, but you had the lounges, um, you know, supposed to be interactive in terms of, you know, how, how are you going to work with other people? And I had seen it at one place I had gone to a company, Rolls Royce had done this. And, um, 
in Indianapolis. So anyway, with that as a background, I, I find it interesting when I hear these surveys today, right? Um, Apple's considering people had to take a 20% pay cut if they work from home. I'm like, hmm, wow, now that might get your attention. It would get mine, you know? And um, so they, you know, so at first everything was about what the employees wanted, but the employers are trying to say, uh-oh, not so fast. You know, we, we're still here. And that's what the conversation uh, the Warden Business School analyst was saying, you know, well, and I, you know, employees do have a stake in this. And so one of the things they feel is that employers say workers need face-to-face -face time, which I personally do agree. I, you know, and we can talk more about that probably both, you know, this week a little bit in our next podcast. So what do you think? And now I think maybe the question is, definitely it's, it's uh, the topic du jour, uh, remote work or return to the office. Yeah. So, you know, because I don't have anything else to do besides hang out on Twitter, apparently. Um, I saw these tweets from Duncan. I thought they were so apropos for today, like making my status in a meeting so I can go mm. grab a coffee. Mm. And so now I'm going to take another look whenever I see that status. Mm -hmm. um, that was a, from the Duncan Donuts uh, tweet from July 19th to 22. And so consider, if you will, how productivity is measured at your company. It should, one would think, be focused on output, not so much hours put in. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we're not, we're not machines, we're humans. And the question becomes, are we getting the job done? Now, some of the things that I've read about as far as how uh, companies are tracking what you're doing, um, I think some of them sound a little extreme or definitely, you know, Orwellian, uh, mm -hmm. logging your time at the computer, counting mm -hmm. your keystrokes, tracking your mouse. Ugh, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. how mm -hmm. draconian is my thought. Um, corporate mm. spying, I would say, surely impacts morale. Yeah. And I do think about that because just for the type, <clears throat> the type of work I do, I did have a manager who was always like, well, your light is green and, uh, you know, or something. And, and uh, I don't know what she was. She was definitely watching that Microsoft uh, yeah. Uh, like really say whether did. you were free or whether you were busy. Yeah, I, I just don't. That light. Yeah, I don't throw everything on my calendar. I'm just doing what I do. Right, exactly. Um, but now I'm a little bit more paranoid, mm -hmm. so I do be checking my little light sometimes. Although she's gonna thank you kindly, but um, huh, people. So for the quiet quitters, if you will, that term that I recently discovered is how dare my boss ask me to do the job they're paying me to do before I have had my Duncan. <laughs> so, and again, that was from their, hey, they were ahead of the time. That was from last year, August 24th, 21. Uh, wow, but wow. again, that's the topic du jour. So these are long-term trends that we need to take a look at. Yeah, you know, so here we go again with labels, right? And, and and I sort of feel like, I mean, yeah, it helps to put things in categories, but, you know, there's a danger, you know, be careful what you open up here. 
um, I thought, well, you know, in a way, haven't we always had quiet quitters? And of course, when I first came out, I'm like, well, what do they even mean by that, right? So, you know, they're really talking about a person who, you know, they've got a job and, you know, uh, for salaried employees, obviously, you're not, you're not punching in a, a clock and, and you do what you do within your eight hours. But I know, and Reese, I know you can relate. How many times do we work over eight hours? And, and that's where the rubber meets the road, where people kind of get really bugged out. Oh, okay. So I took a little slack time. But what about all those extra hours I put in, right? I mean, that nobody really, you know, maybe they weren't giving me credit for or acknowledging. So these quiet quitters say, I'm done. I'm done. You know, I'm going to quit. Five o'clock here, I'm out the door. So, you know, I, I do believe, though, you have to think about where you work. This won't work for everywhere. So like you just said, you got the productivity clock people, um, you know, watching what you do. And first of all, I'm like, are they hiring somebody to do that? I mean, what a waste of time in, in a matter of speaking. <laughs> but um, and then what, um, what do they want from employees? I mean, I think it needs to be a conversation. But on the other hand, if that was me, how long do I expect to work with them? Do I want to work for this particular company? I think that may play into, you know, what you think about this. Um, depends on where you are in your career. You know, if you're getting towards the end of your career, ready to go launch that new business? Well, maybe. I mean, that might, you, you, you might be there. Um, but let's face it, I don't think our humanness or psychology has changed so far where we want to deal with a person who only does the minimum, even in today's market. I just kind of kind of wonder about that. Um, but I think the pendulum is swinging somewhat now. I mean, jobs are, I mean, jobs are out there, but the word on the street is, uh, employers are now kind of getting the upper hand and getting the employees that they want. So there's that. You might be that quiet quitter and maybe the employer says, well, you know what? I can go get somebody else who gives us what we value. You know, it's so tough because people in my mind, and I shouldn't generalize, but you know, where else you're going to start? People <clears throat> take a job based on what's in the job description or the job announcement and you say okay these are the things that you hired me for this is what I'm going to do it and so I'm just wondering about the dialogue that takes place between employer and employee as far as managing expectations that is critical and I feel like a lot of times that that is a missing step that people are not communicating uh, adequately right. and as a matter of fact my was I was putting in some quality time in my yard yesterday and um my neighbor drives by to whisper to me that she had retired <laughs> i'm not sure why she thought she needed to whisper right. that yeah she's right. like can i pull up in your driveway because i don't i don't want to yell this so oh, she wow. pulled up to tell me that you know she had retired and what happened was she was a personal assistant which i don't actually know what they make because it's all very hush hush mm -hmm. um and that uh 
Yeah, she said they slashed her hours um, drastically with no notice. And so she's like, well, if that's all you're going to give me, it's not worth my drive because she was commuting to do this. And she's uh. an older person, obviously using twice they'd retired, not just quit. Um, but, um, you know, and it is, she is married, so she has someone to help pick up the slack. But again, if you're not ready to retire, whether you just want to keep working or, or financially speaking, you know, when employers make decisions, it is a bit tough. And to your point about <clears throat> employers having the upper hand and being able to hire people they want, I mean, I mean I'm hearing it both ways. That's the, that's mm-hmm. the same right. that's yeah. the reason I, I don't pay a lot of attention to statistics because I think you can skew the numbers to say what you want them to say. But depending on who or what you read, there are also those pundits who suggest that employees have more leverage. Mm-hmm. So it's, I think some of this will naturally be based on the industry that you work in. And um, again, with the Twitter, I did, I told you I was working this week. I was not hanging out on my phone all, all weekend, but another tweet from Robert Wright, and I'm hoping, of course, I'm pronouncing his name right. Uh, workers aren't quietly quitting. They're refusing to be exploited for their labor. When you pay people what they're worth, they'll want to work for you. Mm-hmm. So I think possibly the the quiet quitters, those who are just doing the minimum that they were hired for, are your hourly employees. And so that's why it's easy to say, okay, these are the five things that I'm responsible for. These are the five things I'm going to do. And then it's quitting time. Whereas when you're in a managerial role, it's not, I don't think it's really that quite clear cut. Because you, you're doing the whole operation and you're ensuring that things happen. And, you know, there's reports, there's, I don't know, and then there's teams. And then there's all these things that are not, in my mind, clearly measurable, you know. And so, but fluff, 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 all the fluff aside, I think whether employers have the upper hand or employees have the upper hand, employers are like, look, I'm paying you bucks. I want to see that you're slaving away at your desk or whatever. Mm-hmm. I just want my eyes on you. So I think the quiet stroking, oh, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. is over. And I think that might be where we are. I mean, many employers have put a lot of commitment and a lot of resources into creating an office, a workspace and work environment. And of course they want, they just, it's a trust issue. They don't think you're mm-hmm. doing the work if they can't see you doing the work. Oh, just a t- pushing a rant but anyway Cecilia you want to well, talk you know about I, this is tough I mean honestly <laughs> <laughs> I mean if I think about how many people I was responsible for before I retired fortunately I had you know a couple levels of supervisors between so I really you know interacted with the supervisors who were supervising their supervisors, but but I was very interested in talking to the people because mm-hmm. a lot of them were, you know, fairly new trainees to see. I always like uh, the beginning of, for example, uh, we had a, a, a number of trainees. So they're with you for say 18 months. So I like the beginning when they come in to talk to them and I like when they exit, okay. But even at that, you know, some of this quitting kind of happens along the way. Again, we didn't call it anything. And I remember some of the people now, now, you know, we're talking about people who have, who are highly educated. 
master's degrees, lawyers, I mean, you know, law degrees. But sometimes you just find out the work isn't for you, for one. Secondly, um, so in that, so that, that leads me to, there's a new term called the boomerangers. I'm like, and I just heard that like this last week. That's the first time I heard it. And so this is a resignation regret. And I will tell you, there were people who quit and then they wanted to come back because what they were looking at on the outside wasn't quite what they thought either. Because we know it's not all about pay. We, we know that it is, you know, flexibility is what uh, employers are asking for, employees are asking for. And then uh, the biggest thing that really has occurred, I don't want to necessarily say come out of, but maybe that is the case, but the occurrence of mental anxiety. Now, in my mind, Teresa, when you, we, we all talked about stress, so I'm kind of like, okay, how much of this is stress with a new face to it? And uh, or mental anxiety because you were stuck at home. So I, you know, again, like you say, uh, I don't necessarily want to say that people skew the data, but I do know it. One, it depends on who you ask. I mean, what what's the age group? I mean, there's a lot of variables that can go into surveys. But um, but what has come out of this, which I think is a good thing, is that employees are demanding more transparency. And, you know, they're not, now me personally, I always believed in having transparency with my employees. I mean, when things came up, you know, depending on the group of people, I would have various uh, meetings with groups of people based on things that come up. And I would just say, hey guys, this is what's going on and this is why. And they're like, oh, because nobody ever told us that. I, I heard that a number of times. So I've always believed in transparency. Shouldn't, shouldn't be a new thing, but apparently it is. Uh, mental health is important because you know what? If your mental health's not together, you're not going to give me the output that I'm looking for. So I think that's one of the good things that has occurred. So that seems to be the number one topic. And so uh, the one survey feedback I saw was that 50, well, one that 50% the number one topic is mental health, 50%. I guess that when they answer the survey, hey, what are the things that you look for? That's the number one topic. So I get that. Um, and so it is affecting time off requirements because clearly they're different. Now I haven't worked in, in a place that had a lot of flexibility and, and a lot of time off. So uh, but I know, but I've interacted with no, I, you know, a number of other people who said, what? No, I don't get that kind of time off. And, and I always thought that was, you know, too bad because, uh, hey, we, we, we need that day, right? We need that mental health day. Uh, it don't have to be because I got to do something in my yard or because I got to go to the doctor. Sometimes you just need a mental health day. So uh, employers are acknowledging that. Um, I think that I saw where, but but by the same token, there were a lot of people who had time off 
a lot of time. I had a couple of employees, they had a lot of time. And I'm like, look, guy, you got to take this time off. They just couldn't figure out what to do. Take it off. So they would donate their time to other people. Well, that's not all bad, but I'm kind of thinking, no, I see that you need time off, but you can't make people take time off. Well, guess what? Can you imagine being paid? Now you already, if you get time off, you're already getting paid. So I'm not sure how this works, that you're paying people extra to make sure they take this time off. So that's that's really what uh, I've seen, kind of one of the new uh, things, um, paying workers to take their time off. And um, some, of it, some of it's pretty, you know, revolutionary. And then the other thing that's out there, which is very new, uh, Risa, I don't know if you've seen this, where people are now, you know, publicly say, hey, I'll make this amount of money. Have you seen that? It's uh, I, I think, well, California changed the law to where we cannot, um, I think we cannot ask what they make or something like that. So the conversation is becoming a little bit more open in that the way as far as an interview goes is that you can't ask and you know you can talk about a range but I mean that's on the hiring side but to your point about you know it being general conversation no it's still hush hush yeah I kind of wonder about that I mean so what they've I've seen TikTok I think it's TikTok and these employees I mean a lot of them have been saying I mean they've been walking around saying you know asking other people and they've been actually saying what they make. So I, I think that's interesting. I'm not sure how that's going to work out. Now, the one thing I always look forward to uh, parade is a Sunday Newsweek magazine, little, you know, little section. And maybe twice a year they do what employees make mm -hmm. uh, survey. I, I always look forward to that. And I mean, it's very extreme. I mean, and so it's all levels of people from a virtual assistant to uh, uh, TV stars. Um, um, Al Roker, I was surprised what he made, you know, but okay. But again, we don't know what's in somebody's package on what they make. That's the other thing, you know. Because they have say, people. If we had people, we'd make more money too. I need some know. people. Yeah, I mean, we don't know, right? I mean, there's so many things that can go into that. But I did read that some states and companies uh, are requiring people to post salaries. So I, I thought that was interesting. Um, I, I have not heard that. Yeah, no, I, I actually read that. So anyway. So um, I guess some other positions, trends. So let's focus on leaders because that's a lot of what we talk about are leaders because when I speak of leaders, I'm talking about whether you're at your workplace or whether you're over your own business, okay? And so um, you want to target a retention strategy. Because one of the things, if we haven't learned anything else is, you know, people are quitting. We don't want to hire people that are going to quit. Mm -hmm. So we need to figure out what do we want from our employees. Um, so the way to do that is, as kind of as I've covered already, provide employees with um, open communication, well-communicated, post-pandemic 
uh, strategies. So you need to know what you're willing to do with your business. Uh, you need to be part of the conversation uh, where at your organization, if that's where you're working, you know, to facilitate workplace, uh, strategic workplace, because that's what we need today, right? Uh, I was talking to a person who wants to get into this area and she wasn't familiar with this, but I, I was explaining. Some companies had already done a lot with this, but a lot of them have not. So it, it is being done, has been done. Hybrid work demands, I think is gonna be the future, no matter what, what anybody thinks. Um, so with that hybrid work demand, you gotta be careful not to fall back into your old, ways of doing things. So if you have really set out a strategy that says, this is what we're willing to do, both you know, kind of like an employer-employee contract, then whatever you put out there, I mean, you need to make sure that it's happening. So one of the things I've seen happen in the past is we, uh, one of the things, uh, when we were setting up this teleworking and you know, we call it now remote now, but it was teleworking both, you know, work in place and, you know, at home. And so we, you know, we had, we actually had contracts. We did uh, our own little contracts with our employees. And, uh, but what we found is that, and, and, you know, supervisors could work this. I mean, you had the umbrella, but then, you know, you had kind of some little bit of differences depending on where you work. But then you would find supervisors who weren't even doing that. And so you would get the complaints. So you need to make sure, you know, to talk to employees to see is everything going the way it should be. I think that's really important, you know, to see as this evolves, because some people just aren't comfortable. Leaders, every, just because you're a leader, I can tell you, everybody's not comfortable with, with the change. Um impact the physical space you know some people are really little, little hesitant to i really don't want to be that close to anybody when i have to come into work this is the kind of setup i think that's something employers need to figure out how to do that and again thankfully i had that experience beforehand so i i, I know how that works um and how it might not work you know in some cases and then hey as an employer, as a leader, I need to know, as they kind of, this is going to sound really kind of tacky, how many butts in the seat I have. Why? Because I need productivity. Sometimes we need to know that there's engagement with face-to-face. -face. People learn from other people. So who's going to be here? Maybe just pick a day out of the week where your people come in. Maybe it's two days. Uh, maybe where there's uh, collaboration, team collaboration, like different functional areas need to get together. So it depends on where you work, but I think I do believe that these are some trends that leaders should look at. And so with that being said, if you have your own business, you no kidding need to know, I mean, depending on the numbers of employees that you have, how many people you can count on. I mean, I just read, uh, and, and the restaurants, for example, are, are really suffering with this. Um, restaurants are basically closing, not because they don't have good food or good menus or good places of business, but it's I like I was reading uh, a couple yesterday, very unique businesses, good food. I just felt really bad. The reason they close is 
because they can't count on people to, to be there. So, so those are trends that I would offer up. Yes, and one of the things, um, it's so hard and it's so such a tragedy that it is hard to uh, you know, teach people how to have a work, a strong work ethic. And it's a challenge when you're recruiting and, and, and my point, I've been working way too long. <laughs> so when I interview someone who has clearly not read the job description um, and, and, and still frankly doesn't know how to interview, I am exhausted mm. very quickly. Mm. And it's like, how quickly can I end this interview? You know, and I've, I've actually stopped a couple of interviews. I said, you know what? I can see that you're not quite ready or that you need, I call it seasoning. And um, so we're just going to go ahead and end here. And, uh, you know, we can check back when you learn some more or whatever. But, you know, it's, it's I, sometimes I just cannot waste my time. And I'm just challenged. I And mm -hmm. then I tell you when I ask someone, this is not so much work ethic, but I said, define the word integrity. And people don't know what that means. That's a problem for me. Yeah. Because I am not the person who wants to be camped out on your desk watching you move. I'm not counting your keystrokes. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And so I don't want to have to work like that. And so there is a trust factor. And there are some challenges. And for, and I'm not on TikTok, but I, <clears throat> I do see the headlines or whatever they're, you know, they're trying to get you to click. Um, like in my newsfeed, some of these things that people are saying, and it's not just quiet committing, they're quiet quitting, they're blatantly quitting. Mm -hmm. And they're doing it with great flaring, great drama and great oversharing. Um, and I don't necessarily agree with all that. I mean, I, I come from, I'm old school. Um, I do believe in, you know, doing the work I'm supposed to be doing or, or whatever. But um, yeah, folks who don't have a work ethic, I don't even know what to do with that. So from a manager, you know, we were talking about uh, targeted retention strategies and keeping the people that you hire, ideally keeping the good people, because um, there are those other problems that you want to get rid of that you can't get rid of. Um, so, you know, we're, look at where you can possibly offer some flexibility, some support, um, make sure you're doing your check-ins, mm -hmm. life balance, and there's team building. You know, I, I always bring my managers together collectively as a group. I mean, there's the one-on-one -on -one time as necessary, but we must come together as a group because they need that face time. They need to know they're not in the trenches alone and ideally trying to teach them to work together and to call upon each other, you know, as a team. Right. So these are some things that I think they're wholeheartedly agree. Critical for leaders to look at when they're developing their staff, but in my mind, developing future leaders. Mm -hmm. And I do always over, I over communicate. I want folks to know the whys and wherefores. I'm not just making it up as I go. Mm -hmm. um, and so, <clears throat> and I know that's not the norm, but that's, that's how I choose to work. So those are some thoughts on, you got to keep those people. First of all, finding them, oh. <laughs> but you got to keep them once you get them because it, yeah. the turnover is so disruptive and the work doesn't go oh, away. Yes, it's just yes. for people to do it. So if you can't keep those people, you're going to be even more severely challenged. And I've gone to restaurants and I've tried to lower my expectations um, just because I know they're struggling, but 
I don't mean I don't get frustrated if I'm hungry. <laughs> so anyway, we uh, all just want to be understanding of our fellow leaders out there who are struggling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, okay. So before we kind of give you some action items and takeaways, there's one other thought. You know, we've done uh, several things on diversity and you really, um, this past couple of years, there's been a lot about diversity. And so another thing that I've seen in several different, um, what people have shared and what I've read, um, that the way offering the things that we just talked about actually is making a more diverse workplace because uh, we're allowing flexibility. So you're getting a diverse group of people who are saying yes to um, because of all the job openings out there, people are saying yes. Um, the ones who want to work, right, Risa? Because <laughs> sometimes I just wonder if people want to work, right? <laughs> and then, uh, but the talent search for employees are saying that they're getting a more diversified workforce, which is better. And so um, it's better for all concerned because it's about learning from each other. It's about, you know, bringing new ideas and of course, new talent. So um, instead of, Unfortunately, it, it sometimes has fallen to, oh, this one group is going to be over diversity. Well, today the words are diversity is everybody's business. So if you're looking for a job, hey, you go look for what you're interested in. And two, uh, for the leaders who are out there, hey, there, there's, there's a lot of people out there more than you, you would have thought before who are uh, equipped to fulfill the roles and uh, responsibility that you want. So I find it very uh, reassuring to see people just, I mean, in all walks of life, I'm like, oh, wow, you know, who knew? So, so that's a good thing. Any, anything else you would want to add to that, Risa? No, I mean, I... <laughs> To your point that DE&I success is everyone's responsibility. Um, you know, I work with what comes across my desk and then I see, I shouldn't say that, let me rephrase. I do do an informal head count now and again, just to kind of see how mm -hmm. we are um, matching, if you will, the, the area demographics. Are we, are, is our employee pool reflective of the community? Yes. And right. sometimes I say, you know, we don't have a lot of some folks. And mm -hmm. so that begs the question. I don't know what I was reading, but you have to, when we market our apartments, like we're doing a new lease up, um, depending on the program, and I shouldn't, it shouldn't be depending on the program, but we have to advertise in a place where the people least likely to apply will see it. And it's the yeah. same thing that should happen when you're recruiting for employment is that you want to make sure that you are advertising in a place where a diverse pool of candidates can find your job opening. You can't just put it in this one, well, I won't use the word newspapers, who's reading the newspaper these days, but you know, you have to you have to promote your openings in mm -hmm. various places where you're going to collect a wider pool and yeah. i don't know that people take the time to do that all the time 
agree. Agree. Yep. So um, I think all of us have a, have the responsibility to help. Sometimes, you know, even whether you're talking to your friend or having to be talking to some other business is to see what, what are they doing? And, you know, sometimes, sometimes just talking to them, I, I found just like at this business thing I went to a couple of weeks ago, there are some aha moments just by sitting out talking informally to people that they never thought about. And so mm-hmm. that's, that's another way, I guess, of looking at our, you know, responsibilities. But anyway, so let's uh, kind of wrap this up because I think, hey, without a doubt, this is a, this is a new world. This is a new normal. Um, Larissa and I are on the same page of what we call old school of expectations from people. I mean, I mean, work ethic and integrity are, are, have always been, you know, part and parcel of who I am. And so when you don't necessarily have that in people, it, it, it will make your job a little tougher because you're trying to motivate, right? Well, let's, for those who are listening, let's, let's think about this. So consider, what do you want? You know, whatever level you are at, because we all have to answer this question. Because at the end of the day, I want to go back to the boomerangs. I didn't, I didn't say much about this, but when I heard people were quitting, I'm thinking to myself, you know what? At the end of the day, you still got to eat. At the end of the day, you, you hope you have a roof over your head. Uh, you know, and I don't mean to be funny and not sleeping in a car. It's 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 really kind of tough out there. I mean, if you throw in all the inflation factors, rent explosions, you know, house prices going up. I mean, I look every week in the paper. I'm like, oh my gosh, who knew? So you must consider what do you want. Is it a career? Um, Are you trying to save up for a business because you're ready to launch your own business? Or are you just trying to do the minimum pay bills, make make your bill payment, you know? So I believe that all of, you know, depending on where you land on that is going to determine your productivity and outcome because you can't go into a workplace and think that, you know, if I just quietly do my job, if I'm just quietly pecking away, that you're going to move up. I mean, let's face it, who, who is going to be promoted? The people that stand out, the people that you look at today, the reason you see them is because they made the, a name for themselves. I don't think that's changed. I think you have got to show what separates you from the other person. But at first, it depends on what you are interested in. You know, I I saw another survey. And so this is a little bit of, I mean, I personally, um, it was with a a parade survey. I mean, uh, what people make, but they they had some other things in there. So one of the things is, do you want to dress up or not? Now we got all these people want to just slack off and look like slackers and wear anything. I'm sorry. Depends on where you work. Me personally, I did all probably was overdressed, but that's because I like to dress up. You don't have to dress up, 
but there were, but there are certain minimum standards. So 31% of the people said they would be willing to take a 10% pay cut than dress up. So I don't know what that means. Mm -hmm. Okay, more power to you. <laughs> and then another thing is in today's environment, you need to research tech tools. So consider, again, all the things we talked about for you to stay relevant, there are different things. So one of the things where people used to, uh, the whole the, the whole water cooler thing, you know, you, you chatted in the hallways, the hallways where you get your coffee, that you say the water cooler. Well, you do learn things from that environment. And so because of the remote work environment, one of the tools that uh, I read about is a water cooler app. Yeah. And so I, I there's an app for that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I thought that was kind of interesting. So I mean, so research the tools to accommodate what you're interested in, how you can make a difference in what you bring to the table or not. Because if you don't bring it to the table, then you, you know, you 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 are ready to be that person who you don't want to be, I, I personally always feel like I try to live my life so I don't have regrets. So you have to carefully think about what it is you want and that you say, oh, I quit my job. And let me just throw this little tidbit in what I used to tell people, you make your decisions. But remember, we live in a country that if you're not making money and you don't have savings, but that's another topic for another day, because there's a whole new thing about that. But Right now, I know it's going to change, perhaps. Social security is still part of what you make. And sometimes I think people are being short-sighted. Mm -hmm. So they're like, oh, now I got to come back. I've known people who've left the workforce who came back because they didn't have 40 quarters of work. Mm -hmm. So those are things to consider. Those are the three action items that I would offer. What about you, Lisa? No, I think we covered it. Um, know what you want and plan accordingly. Um, this is a whole new world and you need to be adaptable and you need to be flexible and so that you can come out on top. And that's really all we're talking about is we want you to succeed at a higher level. Yes. So, yeah. but it does require a little bit of homework and um, introspection. Anyway, um, mm -hmm. you do need to think and you do need to plan and take action accordingly. Alrighty, my loves, thank you so much for joining us today. I know that was, uh, was a lot. We just don't know how else to do it. <laughs> so It's always gonna be a lot, but again, we just want you to have some things to think about and we want you to have the background so you can make better decisions. Yes. So that will do it for us today. Make sure you come up and join us tomorrow. Tomorrow, come on, come on, hang out. Come on, for, come on for some coffee. <laughs> maybe you'll join us next week for our next episode about that uh when we'll be taking a look at remote skills how to stay top of mind when you're out of sight so uh we'll cover some tips on micro learning reskilling and change management so make sure that you tune in for this important episode and as always, we invite you to remember, I am Larissa Troche, founder of Pink Passport Society, a community of entrepreneurs and money mavens. And I'm Cecilia Benford, leadership coach and principal of 
Stark LLC, which is diversified, accountable, resilient, connected leadership coaching. So reach out today to both of us. That's right. If you'd like to discuss working with us on your success journey, we'd love to support you. Thank you. And that will be it for today. See you next time. Cheers.